You're locked into Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast with your hosts, EZD, Derek Jaws, T-Wave, Taylor Sekaterski, Bold Claim, Ben Yelich, Big Diesel, Nick Yelich, and Austin Kelm, the Statman. Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast is part of the BICBP radio network. Check us out online, www.bicbp-radio.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast. I am EZD, and I am here joined by... Big Diesel in living color. He is here. We're in person for the first time in a while. Yeah, and in living color, not black and white. No, no, we are. Uh, we are not in. We're not on Zoom, which is nice. Yeah, that is nice. Uh, well, you offered the Zoom. I was like, nah. It just it never goes as smooth. It, it it does not. And so you'll have to forgive me here. I'm playing with our uh, our new setup. We're in we're in my garage. It might be a little echoey. I'm gonna see if I can what I can do about that on the editing side of things, but. Uh, we're here, we're doing it, uh, Hats, Stats, and Sats, a championship caliber pro sports podcast based in Buffalo, New York, and we are sponsored still by Mafia Pack. Check them out, mafiapack.com. You can get the Josh Allen decanter and the Josh or the Buffalo Bills weapons shot glasses, uh, number 14, 13, 22, or no, 26, and 88 shot glasses, I believe they are, with the special edition number two bass boot. Really cool stuff. Uh, friends of ours over there at Mafia Pack helping us out. Uh, I'm going to have one of those things in here somewhere at some point. Probably put it on that table right there. Make a nice little display out nice of it. Nice little display out of it. Drink out of it. For the kids. You know, you got to have it for the kids, even though the... Uh, we don't We don't want to, you know, put any any ideas out there that we're promoting such things, but... No, no. But, you know, we, we've been known to partake in a cocktail or two during a Bills game, yeah, so... Maybe even three. Uh, a couple times. I've seen Ben have three. Yeah, oh, boy. You don't want to see Ben <laughs> at three. Uh, so we are back. It's, it's nice to be in, you know, in person again. Yeah. Um, you know, and we, so much so we could even, you know, have another oh. studio audience. Yeah. So uh, we have the sound effects I feel back. so alive. I know. Uh, but we're going to talk. We're going to start off talking about some Sabres. It is the Sabre season is in full tilt. Uh, they went on a tear. Then they cooled off. Then they went on a tear. Now they're cooling off again. Uh, one and five in their last six, but they're fun to watch, man. Yeah, they're fun to watch. I got to keep telling myself that they're so young. Like, I mean, outside of Zemgis, Zemgod, I should say, Zemgod and, and, and Cal, Cal Akposa. Cal. Um, God damn it, Cal. That's what I just say all game. Um, <laughs> outside of those two, our veteran leadership is Alex Tuck. He's 26 years old. He's the same age as me, and I can't imagine myself being a professional athlete and leading a group of young men against the likes of, I mean, who have they been playing lately? Philip Forsberg and Roman Yossi for the National Predators who have made a cup run. Um, you know, they ran into Cal- Connor Hellebuck, who's a top-tier goalie, and when he's on, he's on. Jets are also a, a good team. They they play a nice brand of hockey. The Sabres have been super frustrating, though, and part of that frustration is they're young. Like <laughs> Sure. You, the, the lumps are going to come. Uh, we did, I saw right before I came over here, Finally waived Vinny Henestrosa. We were trying to move him, uh, Kevin Adams said, because he's been scratched 16 out of the whatever games, uh, more than 50% of the games. He said he wants Vinny to have a chance to play, and obviously that's not happening here. So right. he was trying to trade him. Didn't happen, so we waived him. We'll see if anybody picks him up. Um, I doubt he would report to Rochester. He's NHL caliber player. Um but that frees up a roster spot. What we've been doing lately, for those who haven't been paying attention, UPL came up when Eric Comrie got hurt earlier in the year, really started to play well and win us games. When we were hot, it was mostly because UPL was winning us games. Um, 
And then Comrie came back from injury. So in order to not lose a goalie just for nothing, such as waiving them, uh, we were going to carry three goalies on the roster. Issue with that is with the NHL and salary cap, there's one-way and two-way contracts. We have three guys on our team with two-way contracts outside of defensemen who are not going to move. Um, that was J.J., uh, Quinn, and Krebs. So tons of paper transactions of sending down Krebs or Quinn or UPL so that way we could juggle this friggin' roster spot. None of them ever actually went back to Rochester. It was literally just paperwork that they had to do every day. Right. So this just basically gives Someone us in the front spot. office is, making, is getting, you know, getting their money's worth. Yeah, this. right. Some intern who had to fill yeah. out all the friggin'. Nice going, nerd. But so that's why we pay the nerds. In we're sports. we're at a decent spot in terms of like our, our roster and what we're what we're looking to run with this year is is pretty much set. I know they've talked about adding another defenseman. I don't know who you're going to add at what cost. That's yeah, that's a that's an issue we'll talk to once we get closer to trade deadline. You know, and it's one of those things that this time last year we were sitting here going like. I just wish they were fun. I just wish they were in games. Yeah. You know, and you just talk about like running into hot goalies and top tier goalies and stuff. We're not getting, I mean, the last time we got like kind of run out was against the Flyers. Yeah, that was a bad game. And, but, but even but then, bad games happen. Even then, like, but the score is always misleading, as we know. So I follow the one, it's Evolving Hockey, and they tweet stuff out about, um, you know, who really controlled the game, what were the expected goals, who really had good scoring chances. And a lot of the times the Sabres are controlling the game a lot, especially through the second period. They they really stop in the third period, and that's a serious issue. Came to head last night when they blew a two-goal lead and lost an OT. They had to make a couple comebacks in their, their recent runs um, just to, to force OT and, and stay competitive. And I know it sounds like I'm bitching right now, but we're, we're also third in the NHL in scoring goals. Right. Um, but the whole point of saying that the scores have been misleading is it's not the offense. We've had the chances, and it's back to early in the season when people were saying we need average goaltending and we will will be great. Yeah, and that's what we got with UPL for a while. Last night, Craig Anderson allowed four goals on two point four expected. So there you go. That's one point six goals more than expected. That's that's garbage for people who are not understanding analytics speak. Right. He was expected to allow maybe three. Maybe three. And he gave up four. And he gave up four. So those things will bite you. And on the opposite end, they had plenty of expected goals, but Peter Mrazek showed up. And and, and that's the thing. I mean, we we talk about all the time. I mean, how many Sabres teams have been good because of their goaltending and really not much else? Right. You know, you had a goalie who kept you in a one-goal game, and all of a sudden the other dude makes a mistake because he's not as good as yours. Right. I mean, I, my entire life I've been watching the Sabres win games they didn't belong in. Right. And yeah, I mean, especially in that Hashik era, you know. He, I, absolutely. But you know, even and, Ryan and, Miller had his moments. Yes. And and here we are sitting here talking about now, like, God, if I could get the goalie on the other side that I've had, you know, for most of my life, at right. least, we'd be dominant. But, you know, beggars can't be choosers. We no. were This time last year, we were begging for this team to be even just in games through into the third. And here we are. And we're talking about... Blowing maybe, leads. You know, blowing leads, maybe pushing toward a playoff spot, stuff like I mean, right. things that are not out yeah, of the we're realm not, of possibility. We're not out of a playoff spot. We're still four points back. We got a game in hand. Pittsburgh plays tonight, I believe. So if they drop that, um, you know, the door is definitely open. But we also lost in regulation to Florida, who was tied with us and now ahead of us. And it's like games like that, 
you, another gripe with the freaking Sabres. How many kids days in a row have they scored one or less goal? <laughs> it's, it's like five in a row. It's like, right. dude, okay. I, I understand that goal scoring is quite erratic, yada, yada. But like at the kids day, you get in shutout, you're scoring one goal, and it's always a division game. Right. And those, those are important, and it's just like... And and Donnie even said it. He said they weren't emotionally invested, and I agree with that. They just looked out to friggin' lunch. Yeah. And it's like you're a professional and it's hockey weird player because you see the exact opposite of that almost every time they wear the goat head. Yeah. Like it, it besides just, the Flyers game, right? It, it just it's the it's that weird switch where like you're vested, like you look like that team that was on cup runs, like doing everything that we wanted them to do, and they play like it. And then I was like, oh, kids' day, like it's fun, it's yeah. goofy, like, oh, okay, whatever. There's also a natural ebb and flow of finishing. Like, we were getting a bunch of puck luck, and yeah. so we were scoring seven goals. Like, yeah. That, well, a lot of that was puck luck. I mean, you'll, you'll watch last night, we hit five posts. Okay, well, a week ago, three of those go in. Sure. And all of a sudden, it's not a 3-1 game in the third, it's a 6-1 game in the third. Right. And it's like, oh, well, there you go. Yep. So a little bit of puck luck. The kid line definitely quieted down for a little bit. Cousins, Paterka, Quinn. Um, they kind of sat J.J. and Quinn for a couple and rotated out Krebs. Krebs has been playing really well. I like him with Ocposo and Gergensen. That line is really nice. The third line's coming along. I really like the pickup of Tyson Jost. Um People can keep hating on Middlestat and Olofsson all they want right now. Right now I'm in their corner. Uh, they've been playing really well. Uh, they've been scoring five on five, which is the biggest knock on Middlestat and Olofsson, you know, in their young careers. Besides the fact that people were complaining Middlestat didn't produce, he's producing this year. He got a shot on the first line and produced that game. Um, I'm not saying he's lighting it up, like, compared to the rest of our guys. But if you look at the grand scheme of Casey Middlestat's stats, he's like – Producing at a higher rate than he ever has in his career. He's got what? He's probably got like eight goals and 16 assists. Right. So 20-something points in almost 40 games. So it's funny that you brought up both Mitzi and Olofsson. This was a conversation that came up in my one fantasy football group. And this group used to do a dynasty hockey league as well for one year. But, you know, it's, it's tough to find guys that are you know vested in fantasy hockey to begin with yeah, and then do dynasty tough. version. It's It's tough. But the one guy posed this question, I want to throw it by you. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of rumor that Chicago is going to move on from Taves and Kane before the deadline. And, you know, Buffalo's borderline. Would you take Mitzi, Olafson, Hughes, and a second for both of those guys? Hughes? Yes. That's what it says. Hughes. Who's Hughes? Uh, I believe Hughes is one of the young guys that we have in the wings somewhere. Hugelin, maybe? Might be. It just says Hughes. Gotcha. Um, yeah. I didn't I dive know. deep enough into this I gotcha. at, at the time. So Mitzi Olofsson and and Hugelin for uh for Taves and Kane. For both of them? Yes. No. Yeah. So this was this was the like my, my reply to this was, you know, that I like Mitzi and I've I've been watching a little bit more recently, have you know, been, been setting some time aside for the for the Sabres and been paying attention to what you've been telling me for a couple of years. Um and I said, now he, you know, he's not either of those two guys, um, you know. Score, but scoring's not a problem for us. Scoring's not the it, issue. It's not. And that was kind of where the rest of the conversation went. Was like, you know, do, like, do we need you know veteran leadership, guys who've done it, you know, guys who've won it before, like to to lead this young group who's never type thing. I mean, here's the thing though: is the kid line was rolling and scoring a bunch. And we had two really good lines and a great defensive line that were going, and we were winning a bunch of games. 
And now the top line's really cooled off. The kid line's kind of hanging. They're not doing what they were doing. Um, but the Tyson Jost, Middlestat, and Olufsen line has been great for the past two weeks. They've been great. And I saw on Twitter and even my friends in my group chat were bitching about the fact that Middlestat was on the ice in overtime last night. And that just drove me nuts because he played really well last night. And even in that overtime, Owen Power chucks a puck at the bench while we're changing. And if you know how too many men works, you get like a foot to the bench for the you know the guys to exchange, and then you yeah. don't have to be out there. Um, but if the guy who jumps onto the ice touches the puck before the guy gets off of the ice, too many men. So Owen Power chucks it at the bench when that's going on, creates a whole issue. We get the puck back. Middlesat hops on the ice. Creates a two-on-one, barely misses a shot, hauls his ass back because it's a two-on-one the other way. The defenseman plays the play wrong. And then Middlestat tries to get the puck as it's crossing the goal line and chop it out, and it taps it in. And everybody's like, oh, Middlestat with the own goal. Why is he even on the ice? (coughs) Why is he even on the ice in overtime? He made a great play, back-checked his ass off on that. And for those of you wondering... How you play a two-on-one in hockey, if you're the defenseman, is you take away the pass and you let your goalie have a one-on-one breakaway from one side of the ice. Right. And then you have the back checker haul ass to the guy, try to disrupt the shot, but you let your goalie only worry about the shot. Yes. What our defenseman did last night, and I, I'm thinking it was Darlene. I haven't gone back and checked, so don't quote me on that. But plays the guy who's got the puck and gives up the pass to the back door. Now your goalie's out on an island. Yeah, and that's a tough spot. I mean, that that's, you know, you play hockey at any level, including dialing up Chell. You want that. Right. Come get me so I can right. dish to that and dude I'll just who's... dump it over. Now, now my goalie's fine. People yeah. because, because the puck dribbled off his stick and in. It was already going in. Right. And I, I just, he's a scapegoat at the moment. He, he and Olsen are scapegoats for when we don't win and they happen to be on the ice for things. Nobody will ever mention when Samuelson and Darlene are on the ice for three goals against an, uh, in a game. But, you know, whatever. I mean, and it's these are fun problems to have right now. Because they are. Because when you look through and you've got, you know, Tage Thompson, you're you know, number three in the league in goals. And you've got guys near the top of the NHL in statistical categories. Um, you know, it, it's always fun seeing other guys that have been on our team yeah. in the news, too. Uh, shout out Robert Lehner for going bankrupt on a snake farm. Yeah. Tough look. What a time but, to be alive. Uh, <laughs> I saw that. I couldn't help but, but I'll laugh. go. I'll go to this too, Jaws, right, and then I think we can move on from yeah. that. Um, I would have no problem trading Mitzer Olofsson for the right value right now. Right. Because they are playing really well. We need roster spots in the future for young talent, specifically sure. next year. Um but at the same time, right now, what they truly are is third-line special team specialist, power play specialist. But at their best, they're a good third line that can cycle and four-check and get five-on-five goals. Right. At least like one five-on-five goal per game. That's what they've been doing for the past two weeks. Right. So I, I think you can have a way worse third line, and I think you relax on the mitts, Olafs, and hate. I appreciate that. I but I'd also you, trade them <laughs> again for the right, right for the I'm right not pieces. Just dumping them off for the side of the road, but you know, and that's that, that that's going to stem us into football uh, real quick, and we're going to take a different road to get to the Bills, but we'll get there. Um, you know, it's about the journey. It is about the journey, and one of the things that you know you, you see, and I've seen a lot on social media recently. You know, diving into the Bills, 
which is always, you know, fun for your psyche yeah. and, you know, being annoyed with people. Um, you know, we've seen, we've seen a Bill who was drafted in the fifth round go to the Browns and become one of the best guards in the game. And now we've seen a, a Bill who is a receiver who was hurt and on our practice squad for We're really three, bringing this up? Three years. And now he's doing well in New York. Yeah. And people are like, oh, my God, we we, lost, we traded one for almost nothing, and we lost the, the other one off our practice squad. Like, yeah, I agree, and that sucks. But at what point was one of those two dudes taking a job on a team on the team on, on the team that we had at the time, unproven talent, one who couldn't stay healthy? Whose job were they taking? Jay Kumro. Okay. I mean, I look at I even said it. I've been on this podcast from when we when we had that Gabe draft with Hodgins. Yeah. And I said Hodgins was going to be better than Gabe. I liked him better as a prospect. I, I liked him too. And I understand that he was hurt. And I understand that Jake Kumro could cover punts. And I understand that Taiwan Jones can, I guess, play special teams. Because every time he's on the field for special teams, he's taking a penalty, running into the ball when we're returning a punt, uh, doing something stupid or generally useless. Right. So, could do without Taiwan Jones. Jake Kumro doesn't offer any uh, offensive upside. Congrats on being a special teams player. I will take a backup safety who can also cover a punt. Um, now, and, and my thing on that, like, so you just mentioned guys that aren't on the field on offense. That's what I'm saying. Right. And so Hodgins, Hodgins the, the, it, every time he got on the field offensively with the Bills, made a play. And it, it, most of it was in the preseason. Sure. But when he got on the field for very limited snaps, Josh found him. For me, it's one of those things that, like, I, you know, you can you can sit here and say, like, Oh my God! You know this. Like, how, how did we lose this guy? How did we lose this guy? And I'm looking, going. I mean, we were down to four wide receivers at one point this year, Jazz. And listen, and that I understand. I, did we lose him before that point? No. Okay. So like, he was on our practice squad. So I, like, I when I'm I'm sitting here saying like we could have elevated him, but he still at probably would have gotten limited looks at best. Correct. Okay. So like, like my my entire point here is people can sit here and say like, Oh my God, look what he's doing. He wouldn't have done that here. Because he wouldn't have been on the field. Even if he was on the active roster, he wouldn't have been on the field necessarily. And we see that with yeah, a guy I mean, like he Shakir. He cer- certainly wouldn't be getting the same kind of targets. And right. He's not going to straight up unseat Gabe. But that's the point is he can play slot and outside. Gabe right. can't. We needed a slot because Jamison Crowder went down. We didn't have Cole Beasley. We didn't have Smoke Brown. Congrats that you brought back those vet guys. I'm sorry. I wanted Isaiah Hodgins. Uh, and I, I did too. I know, but I'm just like I, I I'm totally with the people online. That this is a this is a fuck up. And it's an absolute fuck up because I, he's I look cheap. At, he's good. And what are what are we gonna need? Right, cheap, cheap and good. Cheap and good, especially and, and, starting next year. And listen, I I sit here and say like, you know. That we we got something out of the teller trade. I didn't look into this because I didn't plan on going here necessarily. Um, but like we got something out of the teller trade, and our our propensity of great late picks. I'm not overly worried. I mean, yeah, but but Josh, 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 hear me out. Gabe Davis, <laughs> but actually catches the ball with his thumbs together when it's above his head and his pinkies together when it's below his head. And again, I understand that too. I, I do, and I've I've been critical of Dave uh, of Gabe. I you know the the big game Gabe crap that they were talking like. I mean, I, I'm I, here I for need, playoff Gabe. But. I, I I need him more than that. Yeah, there are very distinctly three plays he did not make this year that cost us games that I look at and say my number two has to make that play. Yeah, shout out to Isaiah Hodgins. Had him on my dynasty team since last off season. So 
and I, and like I'm, I'm, I, I love seeing him do well. I picked up Danny Dimes on the waiver wire this year. I wrote Danny Dimes, Isaiah Hodgins, Darius Slayton to a couple wins. Nice, love that. Because Jamar was hurt. I, uh, I, I listen. I love that. I love. I like seeing him do things, but to sit here, like, there are people who are like, we need to burn it down because of Isaiah Hodgins and Wyatt Teller. And I'm like, no. There are far, no, but there those are, are far worse. Very, very, very bad misses. I mean, they're very, very, very bad misses, but at the same do time. Do they outweigh the hits? No. Exactly. No. Like, and you're, you're, if, if we're missing because we're so good at drafting that we don't keep every prospect that pans out. Here's well. Here's my issue with with the two that we've lost. Um, it feels like we gave up on them early and have given other veteran guys longer chances. That is probably my biggest gripe, and that's exactly where I was going with that. Uh, like, if I'm like as a coach, if I'm looking like, okay, I have two guys to fill a roster spot, and I have one guy who I trust. John on Feliciano, Cody Ford, and Wyatt Teller. You get to keep two of them, right? Like, well, well, let's keep Cody Ford and Feliciano because Ford was our second round pick, and John Feliciano's a guy. And you know, and, and at the time, like I don't think anybody looked and said, like when that when that move was made, I don't think anybody said Wyatt Teller is absolutely better no, than John Feliciano. But I very much enjoyed watching Wyatt Teller play when he got his time. I here. did too, and I was definitely upset when we when we moved him as well. As what, I, and I'm pretty sure we talked about that on the show. Yeah, we did. Um, you know, again, upset that we moved Hodgins. Yeah. But and and that that's the thing that I start to wonder about is like we went we went and we brought back John Brown we brought back Beasley you know Beasley's touchdown last week made him work every worth every penny eh. for for what we brought him back for I'm good it worked he shut his mouth he's playing football I would have whatever just, I, I know okay first of all yeah fair point I sorry I just rather have Hodge and Shakir as my slot guys with Crowder on IR I I don't disagree with that. But yeah. in the situation we're in, where we no longer had Hodgins and we needed to make a move, bringing Beasley back, oh, yeah, 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 like yeah, that's yeah, and that's where yeah, I was going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, yeah, I would much rather have Hodgins, but I'm not. I'm not willing to burn also, everything Shakir, down. Here. Shakir, oh, we'll get to the Bills game. Oh yeah. So uh, anyway, so and let's get there now. So we're going. We're not going to go Bills game first. We're going to go in order here I because I have some things. Game one this week, four thirty on Saturday. Jags Chiefs. Nobody saw the Jags being in the playoffs, let alone winning a game in the playoffs. Sunshine. Um, Sunshine doing well <laughs> in the second half of the game. Dude, he pulled a full <laughs> Cleotis McClavin. Bills fans who know Leotis McKelvin will know exactly what I'm talking about. My man would make the four greatest plays you've ever seen in your life and in the same game make the four worst plays you've ever seen in your life. And that was Trev Dog Millionaire. Yeah. But he wasn't afraid to sling it in the second half. No. And, and listen, and that's... We've all been there. We've all had a, a rough start to a game, a rough first half, a rough whatever, right? And it comes down to how you respond to that because you're not pulling them. You're not putting the other dude in. Yeah, right. I mean, you're just not. And no. he, one of two things is going to happen. He's going to throw four more or he's going to turn around. Yeah. And, you know, he turned it around and turned it around. Here we are. Uh, a uh, team that also has, the, 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 the Chargers did. Uh, Chargers things. Yeah, they really turned it around in their own way as well. Very much so. Um, and, I mean, the Chargers conversation with that coaching staff is something, you know, we'll we'll dive into in the offseason and, oh, boy. But um, the Jags, and they're facing the Chiefs, who tend to play down 
this year? I don't know about play down. I mean, yeah, okay, yeah. So it is a version of playing down. I have been looking at it as Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes really like to play with their food. Because I would agree with that. If and they went balls to the wall, and I have a feeling about this with the Bills too, which is why I'm so frustrated about their offense. It's like if they really wanted to go balls to the wall, like if you really needed to score every drive, they would. I don't disagree with that, and I like, but it, it makes the almost lost to the Texans, did lose to the Colts, right? Almost. I mean, there, there's two other awful teams that they almost lost to. They could have yeah. been zero and four against the that, top, against guys that's with top what I'm five saying. picks. They, this year. they like to see how much they can dick around and get away with it, and and, and nothing. The ring around the rosy huddle. I'd have punched somebody in the mouth. Oh, I would have committed a hate crime. Oh, yeah. like if I if I'm on defense watching that, I am punching the guy in the face in front of me. Yeah, like I'm I'm getting a fine. I'm getting walked off the field. I also would never be on a uh, on a defense. I don't think that would be capable of uh, being emasculated like that. I don't know if I could be on an offense that does that. Like as as a professional. Like, oh no, I could. If if I'm playing the Raiders, it's week seventeen. We got the we got the two seed locked up. We're playing for the one seed. We're already up big. Hey boys, let's have this one, huh? I, I don't know. I just I, I I put it in in realm of like I wouldn't want it done to me. And th- like this to me is different than you know a, a bat flip. This is different to me than celebrating a goal. And this is you know yeah, I'm, but it's the Raiders Chiefs. It's not like they're not rivals. I agree. I don't know. I just see each other I, twice a year. I, I Josh look, McDaniels is a joke. I look at the, I look at that and I'm like, I don't know, man. Like I, I don't know if if as an offensive lineman, if you're looking at me going, hey man, we're gonna do the ring around the rosy thing. I'd be like, ow, my knee. I'll be back in a play. I don't want to do that. That's just and it's just not who I am. I will shit talk with you. I will, but there's a line and that 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 won't cross the line for me. But um, sure, you but make it, but softy. It, but it but it goes with that you know playing with your food thing. And I yeah. You know, yeah, I, I they agree. like to dick around. I am intrigued by this one because the Jags defense. Oh, I mean, I got to tell you, I, I was jagging off pretty hard last weekend, <laughs> but I am going to jag off everywhere this weekend. I I hate that I'm rooting for the Jags. I love it. I, I absolutely having, love it. Having been there and having hurt, have, having to live in the world of Duval, yeah, which I mean, is the I, dumbest chance. The fans, on the, the oh. fans are stupid, but I'm all down for Doug Peterson. Like, I kind of like the vibe of this Jags team. I I, and I don't. Also, I'm not mad about it. Like the other thing with jagging off as hard as I'm going to be jagging off. Um, I give me that. Give me that warm weather team coming to Buffalo for the AFC Championship. I also like that. And and now and so that brings me to where why I wanted to go to this one first. I am not anywhere near a proponent of the the NFL is rigged. No, but however, <laughs> but if you see <coughs> the Jags win at four thirty. On Saturday, I might ask a question because here's the scoop, and I'm going to tell you what did we do? We had the Demar incident, right? And that was what it was. And it, we, we, the Bills and the Bengals both lost a game. They both lost their shot at the one seed. So to make it right, the Chiefs will be the home team if the Bills make it there, and it'll be a neutral site. But Hot if Atlanta. the Bengals win, they got to go to Kansas City. Which sucks for both teams, right? Neither team, like the Bills were in the driver's seat. The Bengals had a shot if they beat the Bills to take the one seat as well. And now they were completely eliminated from it when they decided not to play the game. And the Bills lost the shot because they lost, they, they, because they weren't just going to have enough games. So how do you fix it? The Jags win. 
Now, whoever wins on Sunday has the home AFC championship game. That happens. I might start asking questions. All right. Especially <laughs> if there's a lot of referee interference. Yeah. Like, like all of a sudden, like, the, you know, the every time the Chiefs do something like, oh, uh, holding. <laughs> that would be <laughs> wild. Uh, I would. I now would, I'm cheering for uh, that. Jeez. I want to see you and just go conspiracy brain. I, I might. I might have to go conspiracy theory. I love it. I, I don't know. I, I don't think. Because here's the thing. I don't think the Chiefs' defense is great at all. So this could, like, this is not, and the Jags' defense is actually solid. No, they're not. I mean, they're better than the Chiefs. Yeah, barely. Okay. Um, I mean, and and I say this, you you have all that stuff in your brain from doing it. No, I know, yeah. Um, To be honest, the Chiefs' defense isn't any worse than they've been in past years. They're not any better than they've been in past years. So pretty standard stuff. The Jags are slightly better than the Chiefs defensively. Okay. But the thing with the Jags defense versus the Chiefs defense, this is where you get into those gray lines. Uh, the Chiefs guys have been there, done that. Right. And the Jags are very young. I When I look at the Jags defense, I look at a team that uh, probably has some recency bias. I feel like they've been playing way well better they have. recently. They, they got a legit defensive front. Yeah. They got a legit front seven and then, like, a – Half good corner, right? Um, they're an interesting defense for sure, especially because they got draft capital and like they're going to be all right, right? Um, but at this moment, I don't know. Uh, who do they got to cover Travis Kelsey? And I hate doing these things, right? But like at the same time, if we're being logical, uh, yeah, and and that becomes the question of like who does anyone have to cover him really? Well, I mean, like, we got some guys. Hey, we got some guys. The Ravens got some guys. They do. They're gone, though. Right. Um, and I, I, I just, the way I look at this, if I'm looking at these two teams, I'm saying the Chiefs offense has the edge solely based on consistency. Well, yeah. Like, coaching and consistency for sure. Peterson has shown propensity to have a great offensive mind. Correct. And it's whether or not the team puts it on. And there's... Weirdly talent on that team. Like I, I remember talking about the the receiver signings. They had like really Christian Kirk and Zay Jones are who, you, yeah. who you're going with. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> I have an Ingram showing out. <laughs> made it work. They get Calvin Ridley next year too. That's yeah. Be fun. Yeah. Made it made it work. And uh, so this the, I mean this offense these two offenses could could cook. They could eat. And I mean yeah. If, I, if it, I'm looking at something if if I'm looking at something that's going to win this game for one team or the other, it is going to be the Chiefs' defense making a play or the Jags offense sputtering and like by no fault of the Chiefs or by no gift of the Chiefs. Like we'll, we'll say like it's not the Chiefs aren't going to mm-hmm. do anything crazy. It's going to be the offense sputters because Lawrence has been inconsistent. Okay. Fair. Uh, I can't disagree. I can't, that. I can't, I really can't believe I'm about to say this I'm recorded on a podcast, but go Jags. Fuck. He lets Jag off baby. Oh. I'm going to Dable off too. Oh, yeah, baby. Listen, on a, of the year. I have been behind the Eagles since day one. I I was one of these people like, this team is going to be good. I can't believe people are writing them off. You, do you know how bad you have to be to not do well with this offense? Yeah. Um, the, the, the Eagles are legit. I don't care what anybody AJ says. Brown, AJ Brown was a great trade. That really put him over the top. Absolutely. And the Giants, out of nowhere. Off the top rope, baby. Cir- circa 2009 Randy Orton. So was it really out of nowhere? Oh, it was out of nowhere. 
I've been on the Giants for years, though. Yeah, you that have. they've had talent, yes. but no coaching. Correct. So it turns out when you get a coach, talent improves. That, that's weird how that works, right? Yeah. So here I mean, we I'm are. just saying, like, because like honestly, I, I and I have a bunch of friends who are Giants fans, and I do see a little bit of Giants Twitter. People were saying, like, you know, Dave Gettleman was not a great GM, but he did provide them with Dexter Lawrence, with Leonard Williams. Saquon, um, their left tackle, Anthony Thomas. Right. So, like, and Daniel Jones. So those are five really important pieces to that Giants team right now. Yeah. Now, you look at the coaches who are using those pieces, and now we can have the conversation of why the Giants came out of nowhere in quotations. Right. And really, one of the biggest things is Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes doing – Good, not great. He's not lighting the world yeah. on fire. He's not. I mean, all of a sudden, people you know, personalities on ESPN are putting him in a top six in the playoffs. Granted, now the teams are obviously there's less teams in the playoffs, yeah. but like I don't know if he's you know on the same level as the other guys are talking about there. I but, think he's better than Trevor. I agree, and nobody put Trevor up there, but they put him in the same line. Like they're like one of the guys didn't have hurts. What? Yeah, it was like side note though. I mean, Daniel Jones. Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen are all like Pokemon evolutions of each other. Yeah. Right? So it starts off with Danny Dimes. The middle evolution is Jalen Hurts. And then the final evolution is Josh Allen. I love it. Yeah. And uh, especially considering our Pokemon. You're going to have to make a graphic for that. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah. But no, seriously, because they, they it would be it it really would be, it's like it's like a poor man's Josh Allen is Jalen Hurts just because he's not as big, right? And a poor man's Jalen Hurts is Daniel Jones because he's not as slippery, but he can still run. Oh yeah, and like, oh man, and, and I'll good, tell you, good this. on Dable for using that. Uh, yeah, well, right, because the last coaches would be like, oh, read option, you can pull it out the back, and but he Dable's like, no, QB sweep because I had Josh Allen, I know how this works, right? Um, and I was just gonna say, I never thought I'd say this. Just like you were saying, you never thought you'd say th- something and record it on a podcast. I sorely miss Brian Dable's play calling. It absolutely astonishes me that we are sitting here in a time where statistically our offense was better this year. And I've been pulling my non-existent fake hair out. <laughs> yeah, it's like I like I, we we sit there we, we watch had these 16, games. 16 of our seventeen games, or what was it? Fifteen of our sixteen because we only played sixteen. Yeah. We had over hundred yards rushing, which was the only team in the NFL to do that. Yeah, and I'm over here bitching, like I up a storm, like because I'm sitting here going like, okay. A perfect example was this last week, right? We we sputtered a little bit. They started to catch up when we come out, and we okay, we can shut them down. We can kill their momentum. We have a good drive. We put points on the board. And we go, shot play to Gabe. Okay. Okay. Shot play to same exact play. Right. Okay. And then a draw up the middle. That was Greg Roman. But, right. That that was so ass backwards. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't mind the shot play. I sit, I'm the dude that sits here like, I, I wish we took shots more in advantageous positions. Like yeah, first but, and goal from their 40 but on a turnover, take the shot. I And I, I go, I saw a clip of... You know, Bill's highlights from the past couple years, just like those kind of shot plays that Josh would hit. And it's all these little wheel routes, crossers, or slant and go. And 
the shots that we've been taking this year, and we've been winning on the routes, yeah. and Josh has been hitting them. There's no doubt about it. But a lot of time, it's like a poster a go. Yeah. And that's where like I miss the creativity of Dable. Of He's showing you one thing where everybody might be booting one way, but there's that guy who's wheeling out the back, and that's the guy who ends up wide open, lost in coverage. If you remember the Niners game, we had two touchdowns where the corners were just like up at the line of scrimmage despite the fact that they were playing cover three. Right. Because we just messed up their coverage that bad with how we schemed it up. How many times have you seen that this year? Uh, like I really haven't seen it since week one. One of the most deceptive right. things we did was week one of this year. That where, Gabe touchdown. Where, yeah, where we faked a QB screen. Gabe sold the shit out of a block and walked to a touchdown. Yeah. Where like that was one of those ones he was so he was so wide open like you were afraid that Josh was gonna fuck up the throw being like wait wait right. really he's that open right <laughs> like overthinking an easy thing right but the, I and then it goes back to Brian Dable the Giants hit a couple of just you know even on in the in the red zone the Daniel Bellinger touchdown it's not wide wide open right. the guy's like two yards away from him in the red zone in the NFL that's wide open absolutely so just the way that I I just miss Brian Dable getting his pieces open. Goes back to also what we were talking about earlier with Hodgins. Knows how to use that piece. Right. And Dable, to me, is... So, we talk about the, the, the Bills' defense, and I know we're talking about the, the Giants-Eagles here, but we talk about the Bills' defense and how like they're not a team that you can send an inexperienced player out against as quarterback because they run a scheme that may look basic, but then all of a sudden, come game time, you have... NFL quarterbacks be like, I, I don't, I don't know what the fuck I'm looking. Yeah. At. I don't know what I'm seeing. I'm seeing too, ghosts. Too There's... fast, too fast for you to read. I mean, a perfect. If, if you don't already know what to expect, exactly. And you know, Dable's the the offensive mind to that. You know, I'm. It's going to look like something that it's not. Yeah. And you're going to have people in the wrong place at the wrong time. And here we go. And this is what he's doing. Now imagine when he gets to build the team he wants around this. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped for him. I also, if you. It, the, the Giants' run game with Saquon, playoff Saquon, was beautiful to watch, by the way. Yes. But I watched their offensive line, and, man, we never had movers like they did. Like, Andrew Thomas is their franchise left tackle. I love Dion, but there's two things that I've been on him since he's been here. He's a leaner and a grabber. Yep. And he's a bad run blocker. Yep. Andrew Thomas, boy, he uh, – <laughs> that that boy can move people in the run, um, so just like then you I, then you get the talent of Saquon. Obviously, he's a more talented running back than a Devin Singletary. Love me some motor, right? But yeah, that was that takes it to the next level. It was yeah. It, I like I like their offense is really coming along. I agree. I don't know if they have enough to win this. If they keep it close, yes. And, and that's if, the thing. they if they hang around, I think they pull it off. And, and I agree with that completely. Yeah. And, and one of the biggest reasons for that is as talented as the Eagles are, they're inexperienced. Yeah. Where at bare minimum, Dable has won a lot of big football games on a lot of other teams. Yeah. So, I mean, and he, he had one of the most prolific offensive performances of a coach Last year. Well, hang on. I'm going to pull up the Giants' tits because despite the fact that they weren't great in the tits, it's the one-score game thing that I'm really – because they played like almost all of their oh, games yeah. were one-score games in the regular season. Yeah, and, and that was part of your uh, your conversation about the Vikings being like ranked below, like ranked higher than somebody. Like, yeah. They, they got – they like they I mean, really, they wasted all of their luck. And Correct. It, and it looked like it last week. Yeah. 
Um, the Giants were eight and four in one in one possession games. So I mean, honestly, you win sixty six percent of the games that that are that are tight. That's it. Reminds me of old Belichick style. Yep, with Brady, um, and it also just shows Brian Dable knows how to coach a close game. Yes, which a lot of guys don't. No, a lot of guys are like, we need to run away with this thing, because like that's really where you get to see the discrepancy in in coaching. Yeah, all the time. I mean, you look at that Jags game, Jags Jags Chargers. You could argue one of the reasons the Jags came back is because Doug Peterson's a good freaking coach. Yes. Who's won a Super Bowl. Yeah. And Brandon Staley is textbook calculator nerd guy. And like textbook calculator nerd guy who regularly makes mistakes that cost his team their season. Right. Uh, like legitimately their season. I mean, we watched it last year. All you had to do was just not do anything and you were going to the playoffs. <laughs> and your calculator brain said, no, we're doing stuff. Yeah. And the Raiders went, Bet. You were in you were <laughs> locked into your playoff spot going into week eighteen. Let's play the starters. And Mike Williams is hurt. Right. I just every single week doing something to get yourself out of it. And that's not something Dable's gonna do. No. I didn't always love Dable's schemes. Right. And his like sometimes he felt it felt like he outthought himself. But then you look at how how bland some things have been, and I'm really I'm hoping that, I also want it stated we are really nitpicking here. Oh hell yeah! Like hell we're yeah. really nitpicking. I, I <laughs> I'm just I'm I'm hoping that we come out this week and you see you just see the offense looking to absolutely cook. And I talked about this uh, on the play callers uh, matchup madness on Tuesday when I was talking to the the Bengals rep, and he's like, I don't know, man. This like these two teams are are we're moving on to the Bills Bengals. Okay. Apparently, yeah, um, that's fine. Like, I, so I I don't know if the the Giants take this. I think the Eagles win. We've made our statement on yeah. that. If they keep um, it close, the Giants are, are going to take it. Sure. Uh, if you get in a shootout, the Eagles are going to win. Yeah. Um, Bills, Bengals. These two teams are a mirror of each other. Yeah. No, uh, they like are very elite quarterback. Right. You got talent at wide receiver. You have good tight ends. And, and again, you, know, like, you can say what you want. Like on paper, I would take the Bengals three versus our three. Just in depth. But when you look at playoff Gabe and you look at Mr. January, Dawson Knox, I don't know. Dawson Knox makes plays in January in, in the playoffs, catches that he has no business making. It also seems like Dorsey has figured out that uh, when we get inside the 20-yard line, 88's a very good guy to scheme up a play for. Yes. Put him on a corner route, nice little wheel, nice little chip and release. Yeah. Something. Um, Something. But, you know. Because he's a freak athlete, man. Like, <laughs> in, in all reality, at the tight end position, he's one of the freakiest natural athletes. Yes. Yeah. Not the greatest pure tight end. No. But that's okay. Not the greatest pure modern tight end. Because I believe, I mean, I, I believe he's a really good blocker. He is a good blocker. And, and that's been the answer to like, whoa, where, where's he's he been? been where's he, he been? Uh, he's been blocking. Yeah, he's he, been doing his job as a tight end. He's not just a... T- like a big receiver, yeah. you know, like so a true, a pure tight end, yeah. like what what a tight end is supposed to be, a yeah. tackle who can catch. But the thing is, he's not he's not an elite blocker. No, which there are tight ends who, in all reality, you put extra fifty pounds on them, they're probably starting a left tackle for some teams. And at the at but you take those fifty pounds off, they can haul. <laughs> and, and, and that's so and so that's that, that's exactly what we're talking about here. Yeah. Like he can he can block, but he's not elite at blocking. Right. He can do all the pass running routes, catching. But he is elite at high pointing the ball. Yes, at making guys 
miss. It's not really missing because he just kind of runs through them. But besides Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller, I don't know another tight end who makes guys just straight up fall off of them as they go down the field. Like Mark Andrews is is terrific tight end. We we've but also he's catch and fall. We and we've we've also seen him run people the fuck over. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, because well, if you go on stats and stuff, that'll yeah. be a missed tackle. But it's right. like, uh, was what, it really was a it, missed was tackle? It missed or, <laughs> was it missed or was it killed? Yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, I was. You know, and you look at like the Bengals' defensive front four; they're not bad. Like, they got they got some talent. Uh, yeah, they're better than not bad. Yeah, uh, and really, uh, what, and, and what's, really, I love their DNs. And and what's our soft spot? <clears throat> our offensive line. line. <laughs> their offensive line is banged up to all hell. What's one of our strongest points? The depth on our on our defensive front. Yeah. Do, do we have the elite high end? Especially with Gregory with Rousseau, better have four friggin' sacks this week, or so help me God. I mean Rousseau and Epinesa, please, it, like, dude, I, you guys are six foot five and super fast, and they got backup tackles and just eat Joe Burrow's lunch. And our tackles have been playing really well. Shaq Lawson has been playing really well. Boogie yeah. Basham has been. I mean, he was hauling ass last week. That's a great matchup on both sides. Side note, unfortunately, it's it's really, it, it seems to me that Boogie is just Shaq Lawson 2.0. Uh, probably. Just neither of them really got pass rush upside. No. No. But, but like, they're very they, good against the run. And, well, and in, a, in a nickel scheme, you really need your defensive ends to be able to set the edge because otherwise you're just going to get gashed. Well, and my big thing here, too, is with Boogie, the one thing I love about him, especially this past week, he there there he didn't stop. There was motor. Oh, it yeah, was no, continuous. The effort's there. The effort's always there. Um, but you know, I, I, I really the biggest the the biggest difference in in my opinion is I I believe our secondary is better than theirs. Sans the fact that we're on our third safety, but yeah, but you know, uh, first of all, Jordan Poyer, Jesse Bates, you can you can easily call that a wash sure. in terms of talent. Um, can you look up who their other safety is? Because side note, Dean Marlowe played really well last week. He sure did. He played really well. That pick was just Jordan Poyer special, where he drops back underneath it. If you remember uh, when Tom Brady had his last game for the Patriots in Buffalo, uh, Poyer pulled that one out. He's pulled that one out in some big games, too. He had one against the Chiefs, I want to say, in the AFC Championship game two years ago like that. Uh, but Dean played really well. I was, I, I've always been a Marlowe guy as a depth piece, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, but I thought he showed out. Uh, so they have Jesse Bates and Von Bell. Von Bell, yeah, um, Von's solid. Mike, Mike Hilton, I don't know nearly enough about Von Bell to make like a definitive statement. I, I think that's all you need to know, right? Okay. I mean, you don't know. I mean, he's not great, but he probably isn't terrible because you don't hear about him the way you hear about Eli Apple, right? So, yeah, I, I, like really, I think the the matchup for them is going to be their secondary against. Against our receivers, well, yeah. If, if we have time, and we honestly probably got bailed out. No, that was awful to say. Bailed out that we didn't play the Bengals um, because Trey was still a half step slow. He definitely looked a little bit more. Elam back to was form. getting no reps. No, but Trey looked really good. Trey looked like he was he was back. Um, and boy, did Kyir have a frigging game or what? Um, yeah, so you, you, and, and to be perfectly honest, like you're you're covering the Dolphins receivers are no joke. No, like I mean Hill, Hill and Waddle, man, fast. Yeah, fast as you're all not going to see that speed this no. week. No, you're not. You're going to see maybe some better uh, contested catchability. Yes, but 
Yeah, we're, yeah we're, I mean, you're, you're not going to have the number two receiver on this team dropping four balls. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have the number one receiver dropping three. Uh, although, Jamar Chase is near the top of the league in drops. Correct. I don't think Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins are, though. No. No, they're not. But that, And that's one of those things for me, like, that's going to be the matchup is their secondary versus our receivers if Josh has time and our offensive line against their defensive front. You want to know who my game changer will be? Who's that? James Cook. Yeah? I think if he breaks one uh, one outside zone, big one, that'll really flip a lot. Just that threat of the run game breaking a big one. Right. You know what I mean? Because he's smooth when he gets the ball. He is. I one of my, he cuts off. Oh. And, and again, we're like in, in the realm of nitpicking here. It annoys me that I don't notice him on play action plays. It's mm. it, he he feels like he's in the game. He's getting the ball because we want him t- his touches because he's got that home run ability. He's got that electric. I got you. Twenty twenty five yard, and if he hits a corner, he's gone. So if he's out there, he's getting it. And I see. I mean, I see a lot of play action for Singletary, and I see. It, it, it drives me nuts. It drove me nuts last year with Dable. It drives me nuts this year with Dorsey. Packages that you know what we're doing when we're in that package. Yeah. So when, when Hines is in, that. we're not handing him the football. No. Unless, and, oh, look, Hines is lined up out there and he's motioning. He's getting the football. Like, right. I hate that. That drives me crazy. Yeah, there's too much predictability in that. But to be honest, uh, there is such a thing as, like, you can know it's coming. You still got to stop it. So, and my issue is with like the specifically specifically with Heinz, they they do. Oh yeah, like, I know. I'm just saying. But, um, I like this. This is game of the week. Yeah, no. This is this is the sixth time uh, that in history in NFL history that teams on eight game win streak or more meet in the playoffs. Who? Uh, I mean, go Bills. Go Bills, man. It's going to be a toss-up, and I'm going to freaking lose my mind, and I'm going to have heart palpitations. Um, I'm going to be heavily intoxicated for it because I'm going to have to be. I'm going to be working. Yay. I don't know, man. You look kind of sick. (laughs) I wish. (laughs) I wish. Oh, man. It's going to be good, and I it it, the Bills' defense needs to slow down those big three. They need to get to Joey B., if Baltimore can do it, That's we can it. do it. it, it the, getting to Joey B is how you stop him. It's right. the same as how you used to stop Peyton. It's the same as how you used to stop Brady. Get in his face. You have to hit him. Yep. Cowboys Niners. Um, a very, in my opinion, a very close number two for game of the week. Meh. Um, I, I'm intrigued by the Niners. Uh, they have they're a very very well rounded team. They're very good. You know what? An eleven game win streak at this point or whatever it is is nothing to, nothing to scoff at. And at the same token, you can look and say, uh, they really haven't played anybody good. You could. You could. You but could you also st- watch them play football. And, and say, and just uh, go, oh, they're, they're, better, they're better than a lot of people that are out there. Yeah. Um, I'm, this is probably going to be easily the best defense that Purdy's played against. I'm, in, I'm intrigued to see that. Yeah. I don't know. Dallas's defense is not all it's cracked up to be, in my opinion. They're good. They're 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 boomer bust. They're yeah. home. Run, they're, they're they're grand. Not even home run or nothing. It's grand slam or nothing. Yeah, they're the same. It's because that's the way Trayvon Diggs plays. That's the way Micah Parsons plays. Like besides it, everybody besides freaking Demarcus Lawrence, basically. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna get seven sacks or I'm not gonna show up. Yeah. I'm gonna get 
two pick sixes, but I'll get torched for 400 yards today, too. Right. Like it's, um, yeah. I, I think the Niners win by more than two scores. I don't necessarily disagree, but I I don't know. I, so, do you, okay, no, I need you to look me in the eyes right now okay. and tell me, do you really think Dakota Prescott throws less than two interceptions after throwing five touchdowns last week? I'm, look me in the eyes. I, can I think? No. God damn, let me think. I truly believe that Dak Prescott comes out with like a, like a 32 for 54 for 405, 3 and 3. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, that's not going to get it done against the Niners. It's not because at bare minimum, Brock Purdy's not going to throw the, turn the football over. And if he does, it's going to be one or two times. Right. Like it, you you might see if it's two, it's a strip sack and a pick. Right. That's probably right. A de, like a deflection of some kind. It's not going to be a bad throw that gets you know into Trayvon Diggs. And if bread it gets basket. into more than that, then that's where you know Niners are going to look real stupid. Right. Um, but to this point, Brock Purdy is showed and given us no reason to believe that he's going to just straight up start turning the rock over like Nathan Peterman. Right. So. And I, I'm intrigued to see where this team goes next year, regardless of how their season ends this year. Yeah, right. They're the most interesting with their quarterback situation. Yeah, because you have three guys. One guy that you drafted high and said was the future. When you had to go back to the other guy who you chose to go to before going to Brock Purdy, you went, nope, regardless, the other guy's still the dude because we know this guy's gone after this year, and we're going to say thank you. Yeah. And they made the move that I said both on this show and on Two Point Conversation that they needed to do with Garoppolo at the helm. You need to make the moves to make it boom or bust. It is all or nothing this year. Yeah. And they went and got CMC. Yeah. And definitely put him over the top because I got to tell you, Debo... Wow, super fun to watch. Ayuk, not a bad receiver. George no. Kittle, quite fun to watch a tight end. Brandon Ayuk is starting to look like the receiver he was billed as originally coming out of the draft. Also, Trent Brown, is that the left tackle? Yes, I believe Whoever so. Whoever the super large yet uh, proportionally accurate human is who plays left tackle for them, he's terrifying. I don't understand how a man that big moves that fast and that smooth and also just murders people. Man, I love the Niners. They're so fun to watch. They are. They use a fullback. They use two <laughs> tight ends. Speaking uh, of, did, did you see the highlights of, because it's Juzik, right? Yeah. Uh, did you see the highlights of him accidentally pancaking oh, their yeah, tackle? His, his own boy? That yeah, was yeah, yeah. awesome. Freaking rocked him. Yeah. Like, like, hey, look at put me. Put him out. When you're, when you, you know when you're on the train tracks, there, there's only so much you can do. Yeah, trains <laughs> only go north. Yeah. <laughs> there is no south. There is no east or west. It is we, north uh, and curved, yeah. if, if anything. If anything. Oh man, that was a great one. I I I want the Niners to come out of that side as much as I love Dable. Well, see, I got a little good old fashioned uh, Niners win the NFC bet. So oh yeah, love that, that. was from preseason. Love that for you. Uh, they the last couple of years the a, a, a Niners Bills you know shout out Boomer yeah right uh, have been my pick. Well, there um, you go. I didn't see the Niners doing it this way with you know Mister Irrelevant leading the helm, but. Uh, I also didn't see him doing it with Garoppolo. Boy, the script writers are really just running out of ideas. They're just recycling Tom Brady as he's on his way out. Right. That's crazy. <laughs> oh, man. This is like old WWE creative yeah, problems. Right? They're just like, ah, oh, we, we've run out of ideas. Just we, uh, go back and do the one from 20-something years listen, ago. Listen, there's there's like health problems and stuff, and like you know, the old men at the top are getting in trouble for touching people and... Just, just do the old stuff. We, uh, we can't quite go to the attitude there. Let's just do this stuff again. Let's just keep reciting. Jo- Where's John Cena? <laughs> John? John? Oh, yeah, there you are. Sorry, didn't see you. Get it? Uh... Get it? Oh, man. Buddy, it has been good to have you back in studio, quote-unquote studio. It's been good to chop it up, pal. Yeah. Um, 
little uh it's way more fun to talk to somebody I, I don't even know. I, I put an episode out last week. I didn't advertise it. I didn't because it was probably I garbage. I didn't even see it to be honest. I didn't. I didn't post about it. I just put it up on the like. <laughs> I put it on the website, so it went to the went to the apps. And if people listen, they listen. If not, I probably sound like an idiot. So I'm glad you didn't. Nice job, pal. Um, well, it was one of those things. I started like my phone started blowing up because I tried to do it quick at the end of a work day and, and or whatever I was doing on Saturday and yeah, I, I did it on Saturday, so like it dropped oh, and go. then football started. So people probably by the time they listened, they could tell me like I was wrong. I was wrong. I was wrong. <laughs> and I was wrong. Uh, but we're back. We are doing, we can do in studio stuff. We can have people come in and do the thing. Uh, so thanks for tuning in guys. Hat stats and stats, a championship caliber pro sports podcast based in Buffalo, New York, sponsored by mafia pack. Check them out. Mafiapack.com. And you can tune into us on anywhere. Well, pretty much anywhere you get a podcast from Spotify, Apple podcast, Google podcast. If you're hearing my voice, you have found us. So, uh, just tell your friends. You can follow us on social media, hat stats and stats podcast on Facebook at HTS underscore pod on Instagram and Twitter. Go Bills. Blue, blue check, blue check verified on Twitter. Yeah, now. I did see that. Blue check verified on Twitter now. Like, follow, share, subscribe, tell your friends. And as always, thanks for tuning in. And as uh, Big D's already said, go Bills. Go Bills.